This is the Personal Finance Show with your host, Bo Humphreys. Hello, and welcome to the Personal Finance Show. I'm Bo Humphreys, and joining me today is Jessica Morehouse. Jessica is a millennial personal finance expert, an award-winning blogger, host of the Mo Money podcast, and founder of the Millennial Money Meetup. Mm-hmm. So Jessica and I met at a party at Well Simple last year. I looked around the room for any familiar faces, and I went up to Jessica, and I was like, hey, I saw you on the internet. <laughs> You're, like, famous. <laughs> and, uh, th- th- you know, they accepted me into the, uh, the group, and I, and I, of course, proceeded to tell her, uh, and personal finance expert Barry Choi. What up, Barry? Yeah, Barry. My entire life story, as I typically do when I first meet everybody. Jessica immediately booked me on her podcast where I got the opportunity to tell my story for the first time. It's only fitting that I have Jessica as a guest on my podcast today. Uh, Jessica's a bit of a big deal in the world (laughs) of uh, Canadian personal finance. She's frequently featured by major media outlets, including CBC, CTV, Toronto Star, Globe and Mail, uh, Chatelaine Magazine, even the Huffington Post. Every podcast and uh, all the blogs that are on the internet uh, she's the go-to personal finance expert for millennials. Welcome, Jessica. That is. Can you just like <laughs> follow me around and <laughs> tell people that? That sounds. Uh, I sound awesome. You uh, you Whoa. wrote a lot of that stuff. Uh, some of it's I from mean, your I guess website. I have done that stuff, but uh, I don't like bragging or anything. No, so but thank you for that amazing introduction. The media mentions page that on your site. Yeah. Is like I was like, oh, I'll go see. You know, I'll go look at some of them. Maybe I missed some. <laughs> uh, when I was looking through, and it's like there's like 47 things on there. It's getting in uh, two years. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. I've been blogging for five. Yes. So no one cared a crap about me for a good three years. Isn't it more like six now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's over five. It's five and a half. Five now. and a half. Five and a half. So it's been a good uh, past couple years, but I mean, it's, I've definitely put in the work with no attention at all for a good like most of that. Career. Yeah. So feel like I, I earned a little bit. So I'll see <laughs> I'll see you in five years, and, and then we'll see what my media mentions. Uh, well, hopefully like. it doesn't take you that long. <laughs> I think uh, for me, I mean, there was a couple things that I definitely would have changed. Like, I had a silly blog name. I didn't really have much of a direction for my blog. And, uh, well, I you were how old when you started? Oh, uh, gosh, 25? 25, yeah. 25, 24, 25. Bit of a like quarter that. life uh, It was my ca- I kinda crisis. I think it was a little bit of a quarter life crisis. Time yeah. to start a blog. Time to start a blog. It's and an easy thing learn to about do. money at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't making, I didn't make a damn dime off you that You didn't make blog. any, but, you, but you're <laughs> learning about it. But I was learning about money for sure. And yeah, helping other people. And we're going to mm-hmm. get into that in a sec. But first, I, I need to talk about uh, this millennial thing. Yeah. And, and what it's all about. So okay. I'm going to read a little snippet from the internet oh about uh, millennials. Oh, no, it's not going to be nice. So, it? okay, just because <laughs> this is very selfish for me, okay. by the way. Millennials grew up in an electronics-filled and increasingly online and socially networked world. And you can, you can tell me if you agree with any of this. They are a generation that has received the most marketing attention. As the most, eth- most ethically diverse generation, millennials tend to be tolerant of difference. And I mm-hmm. ho- would hope everybody yeah. uh, is tolerant of difference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, having been raised under the mantra, follow your dreams, and being told they were special, mm-hmm. they tend to be confident. Mm. While largely a positive trait... 
the millennial generation's confidence has been argued to spill over into the realms of entitlement and narcissism. I don't agree with that. They are often <laughs> seen as slightly more optimistic about the future than other generations, despite the fact that they are the first generation since the silent generation. I think that's like I've never before heard of that boomers. One. No, oh, is, is that, that I don't know when that I'll have to Google that. Uh, that they're expected to be less economically successful yeah. than their parents. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's clear. W- uh, <laughs> one reported result of millennial optimism is entering into adulthood with unrealistic expectations, which sometimes leads to disillusionment. We'll, ta- maybe yeah, we'll I talk I about I yeah, your we'll house about purchase that, yeah. uh, later mm-hmm. on. Uh, many early millennials went through post-secondary education only to find themselves employed in unrelated fields yep. or underemployed and job hopping more frequently than previous generations. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so uh, their expectations may have resulted from the very encouraging, involved, and almost ever-present group of parents that became known as helicopter parents. I did not have those, so I don't know that. Yeah, I don't think situation. I did either. I was lucky. So My parents were too busy to be helicopter parents. They had like three kids to raise and jobs. Exactly, so. right? <laughs> uh, I feel like I fit into this a lot. And I you do, except for like the point about technology, because honestly, technology did not... I didn't grow up with technology. We didn't really? get a computer until... I want to say we were in middle school and I we was had on one the for internet. the family and we had a share and it was, you know, the dial up. So if, s- if a f- phone call came in and you answered it, we'd all be like, no, the internet. <laughs> and <laughs> no, what, like, on the vo- t- don't answer the well phone. What year would that have been even? I don't know. Nineties at some point. I can't Early remember. Early or late. Cause I was on the I internet in 94 yeah. when they had like 24 mm. baud modems. Baud is a term that I've been using <sighs> a long time. I don't remember but i i do remember though it was a big deal getting the computer we got a mac it was i want to say and i don't know if this number is accurate but i want to say it was like eight thousand dollars it was like an incredibly huge purchase for my family but Probably. my dad was a graphic designer at the time he wanted to do some freelance and he wanted to splurge and he wanted to get a, a computer because he's like this is this is gonna be big guys and he computers was right. are gonna be he big was right. <laughs> he was right. computers were big but before we had that computer i remember my older sister who's only three years older than me having to uh use our typewriter to do assignments and i had to do that too well, i did that in school Th- it, yeah. did you have typing class in school or was uh, it computers? not with typewriters we never we had, had typewriters. typewriters in class but we did eventually like there just wasn't a class for that but there, there eventually was a class for computer it was called computers computer class computer class i don't think that's a class that can't be a class did you see that movie um about the the ladies that worked at nasa behind the scenes no i haven't it's a fantastic movie i bet it is they they're they're like they were so smart super smart and they were called computers Oh, that's that's really? what they were, oh and then gosh. they had this big IBM computer come in, and I, I'm like, "That's the computer." Mm-hmm. There, like the sign above the door said "computers." Oh my god! And it was, uh, it was just people because they're computing. Oh. Before the <laughs> <laughs> right, and I, that I don't know why yeah. that totally just blew my mind. That yeah, that is kind of like my. But mind. it was awesome, yeah. and also I really yeah. they were they are awesome. The act yeah. the actresses they're, they're great. They're mm-hmm. all good. Um, but yeah, so yeah the, the technology thing, it's, I think it's more prevalent in maybe uh, younger millennials. And again, like millennials, I think a lot of people are confused with uh, like the range. It's a pretty big range. And right? I, so that's another thing I want to talk about. So I was born in 1980 mm-hmm. and I have about three or four stats that say that that means I'm a millennial. Yeah. However, a lot of people like to start in 82. A lot of people start even earlier. I don't think my no. brother was born in 78. I don't think he's a millennial at all. Yeah, but it's like I what is the line like between one. millennial and Gen X? Right. That's the I question. feel like it's not like if not, you know, if I don't fit into it, which I mm-hmm. I feel like I do, no matter if the age range fits yeah, me in. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's a tw- like most yeah. of them are like a fourteen year, yeah. fifteen year period. Some yeah. of them are like a twenty five year. Yeah. 
thing. How yeah. can you be the same as someone 25 years apart? I know. And I, so I don't, and I know there's another generation Z is like the newest generation, but I don't know when that started exactly. Mm. But it makes sense. Like those, those are clearly kids who were probably like in uh, like middle school and possibly high school right now. And it's true. I don't know if I quite relate to them. They scare me a little bit with all of their, like they could probably code well, yeah, they when they want. when they were babies, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, they have exactly. baby books. Like I, I bought, I well, bought one for a friend of mine. Babies are on iPads now. Like it's terrifying. So you, uh, what year were you born in? Eighty six. Eighty six. So you're you're definitely millennial, probably, probably right, in right in the middle of yeah, it. Yeah, right in the middle. So you can relate to ones that are born in ninety four yeah. or the ones that are born. And I think earlier. it helps. I've got an older sister and a younger sister. Okay. My younger sister is six years younger. My older sister is three years older. So I kind of have. I don't know. I feel like I kind of understand both of their point of views too, from being older and younger. And so why why millennial money expert? Is it is just yeah. because everybody's looking for the perspective of a millennial uh, these it's just days? Because that is my perspective, that's and that's yeah. my audience. Yeah. And so you know, and I know a lot of people hate me using the term expert, but I'm not saying that I'm an expert in that I know all. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. No one knows everything. It's more I want to let people know that. This content that I was putting out on my blog, my podcast, my YouTube channel, my social medias, uh, it was from the perspective of someone who really knows what's going on when it comes to money for millennials. This is what you do. It's not just like yeah. you're working. It's like I've been writing yeah. about this. I've been researching this. I've been talking to hundreds, if not thousands of people over five years. I definitely know a bit about that stuff. Yeah, more than the, the person know. who's like, if you just answer a question off the street yeah. and you, you're a scientist during the day and it's about personal finance, mm -hmm. you can't call yourself an expert. Yeah, right? I know. That, I mean, that's a whole other topic. And it's like, yeah. I, I'm like a little regretful of like ever, you know, saying, oh, I'm a, an expert. It's like, it, I'm an expert in what I know. I'm self-taught when it comes to personal finance, though I am working towards becoming an accredited financial counselor just so, you know, people I want to talk about, about that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm loving it. I'm loving the program. But I, I've also done some courses and I've done a ton of research and read a like a mountain of personal finance books. So something I love. love well, that's do. that's good. So you've hit a few milestones lately with your podcast in terms of mm. number of downloads, perhaps, yeah. and also the number of shows. I know. Went you by fast. About, like where are you at? I just released uh, at the date of this recording uh, 105. I'm at 105 for episodes, so I, I've crossed the 100 episode. Almost threshold. two years. In almost two years, yeah, two year anniversary will be June 3rd. June. So coming up real quick. And as for uh, kind of downloads, listens, or whatever, I'm at like two fifty. 250,000. So I'm hoping to get to 300,000. Is it iTunes? Like uh, well, I put it in lots track? of places. My podcast host is Libsyn. Okay, From yeah. there, you can uh, send it to a bunch of different destinations, as they call yes. them. So it's on iTunes. It's on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, a bunch of other uh, places that you can find at Podbean. Uh, I also put it on YouTube because someone told me, hey, you should put this on YouTube. I'm like, does anyone listen to podcasts on YouTube? Apparently, they do. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be I doing do. that. Yeah, yeah. You should I basically do that. Uh, yeah. Uh, look at whatever you do, and I do that. Well, <laughs> go ahead. I'm not like I didn't invent it. So I stole it from other people. No, like if that looks like a good idea. I guess I'll do that. Honestly, I'll see podcasts because, you know, yeah. when I was creating a podcast, I'm like, well, I better look at some best practices yeah. or, or how is it done? Like, you know, it's all it's a new thing when you when you don't know how oh, it's done. Totally. How do I get a podcast on iTunes? Oh, I listen to podcasts about podcasting. Like That's right. Exactly. Yeah. And so I just see, see podcasts and maybe they're <coughs> just on iTunes, but they're not on the other things. And it's like free to submit. And, yeah. you know, I'm on like a track or whatever yeah. that is now. The, the bean one mm -hmm. pod bean mm -hmm. and uh, 
apparently some pick up directly from iTunes, so it's great. Yeah. So now you're you're everywhere. Yeah, right? well, that's what I kind of found. Like before, I'm like, oh, should I put it in just a couple places, or you know? And same even with social media. It's like, should I just be on like Twitter, or should I be on Instagram or whatever? If you want to really reach as many people as possible, you need to be where they're at. Yeah. And so, and that's a big reason I started the podcast in the first place. Is you know, I had the blog for a bit, but I'm like, I wonder if I'll reach like new people or more people if I have a podcast. And what I didn't really realize at the time was when I started the podcast, I was reaching completely new people, people that still probably listen to my podcast have no idea I have a blog. Yeah, I like that. Y- and it's you're like, right. That's actually kind of cool. It's a different, <laughs> totally different thing because yeah. you know I don't go around and read a lot of blogs. Like mm-hmm. I write, you know, I mm-hmm. read some, but I don't read as much, you know, because I have yeah. a history of attention deficit disorder. I'm medicated, but the reading is something that really kind of still remains difficult for me. So mm-hmm. I'll do it. You know, I like reading. Yeah. But if I have the option to listen to something, yeah. it just seems to have much more of an impact. I can do it while I'm walking to Absolutely. work. You can yeah. do it while you're doing other things even. Uh, oh, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. uh, making dinner, <coughs> washing dishes. It's actually really great. So mm-hmm. you have a lot, and I've listened to <laughs> a lot of them. So I've listened to all of them. Uh, <laughs> one thing. Uh, you, uh, I've you, had to. You've, you live them. Uh, <laughs> You have a listener series that you started just yeah. in September. Is that right? Uh, I think it was in September. Like just this I can't past remember, year, so 2016. It hasn't been a year yet. Yeah. And honestly, I, I tell people it's one of the, the proudest things I've ever started because I, you know, it started with I just started getting lots of emails from people being like, I love your show. And they just email me their whole life story. See, that's and I'm great. Like, what do I do with all this information? This is great. I'd love to share it. If they're a podcast listener and they're sharing me my story, what's the best medium to share their story? It's on the podcast. And I was terrified that people were like, oh, I don't want to share. Most of them are so excited to well, share Yeah, their they story. already send you And it, most the of them emails. are like, oh, can I just be a little bit anonymous? You can say my first sure. name. And okay. I'm like, that's yeah. fine. No yeah. one's going to figure out who you are by your stories. So, yeah, it's awesome being able to share the stories of my listeners to other listeners. So it's like creating this really cool online podcast community, helping people through just their story so it's not just the perspective of people that study personal finance or work in the industry or write books about it it's people that nope they've got a job doing whatever but they have to deal with personal finance in their day-to-day lives this is how they manage well that's the thing about personal finance right everybody's mm-hmm. got it it's everyone's one of those got things. money and everyone does it a little bit differently you also do some monologues. Uh, I do. A yeah, I haven't done uh, a lot recently, but I'm definitely uh, going to do one for my kind of final episode of season four, which will be coming up. So I'm excited. I okay. love those. I just they, like they get a glass of wine and I just like have the well, mic. Well, yeah, you, sure my you mentioned gone, that. And I just like <laughs> talk to myself in the microphone for 30 minutes. And like, it's so, it's like going to therapy a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I was I'm, like talking so myself th- through they my sound, problems. They sound very therapeutic. <laughs> they are. Because you're just like... You know, okay, the one about your house, right? Yeah, that uh, was, after you moved I was in having a bit of a couple crisis of months, after the house, I think. It's <laughs> like, I had to buy this stuff, and every, this is broken, and uh. this is that. And, and after you're done, you sounded like... I felt better. I feel so much better. <laughs> Our blogging and more so the podcasting, are they therapy? Oh, for sure. For, I mean, for you and, and uh, for maybe the your guests, other, yeah, too. Yeah, other people where they could be like, oh, good, I'm not the only one dealing with yeah, this. You know, right? I'm not the... And I think that's 
you know, a big reason why I started the blog and then the podcast, I would read blogs, I would listen to podcasts. And when I would like connect with someone else's story or what they were saying, I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone in this world. There's a community of people out there just like me. And it makes you feel so, it makes you feel special and good. And just like, everything's gonna be okay. Cause I'm not doing this thing for the first time. Like no one else has. Yeah. I know. So. I know that feeling listening uh, to some of your guests, mm -hmm. uh, like, uh, is it Garrett Philbin? Garrett, yes. Garrett, well, well, I forget the name of his uh, company. Be Awesome Not Broke is yeah. his website. So mm -hmm. he was great. And then the mindfulness one, I, I think I want to talk Peterson, about yeah, she's mindfulness Oh, that was like too. when I talked to her, I literally felt like we had a therapy session. She was so amazing. <laughs> well, and, and uh, what about like accountability? Because you, mm -hmm. you, you're like, I'm going to go do that thing. Do you feel like you have to do something if you say it in a podcast? Yep. Is it like, yeah, what did I say? Did I say something recently? No, no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. I'm just wondering because, like, we all are like, oh, I like that podcast, yeah. I'm gonna do that. And then you go and you sit in front of the TV mm -hmm. and nobody knows, yeah, but you have this thing where you're like, I just told a whole bunch of people yeah. that no, I'm gonna true. do this, and they could possibly follow up with me and say, hey, yeah. did you do that? That's true, yeah. I feel like anything I kind of say, I'm gonna do that, I've done, and that's like a lot of the things. I mean, I feel like, you know, for uh, instance, this whole idea of like, I want to eventually, you know, offer, uh, you know, a service to help people through money coaching. I really like uh, helping people one on one. And so I put that out in the universe on the blog, I think like over a year ago, maybe, maybe even a year and a half ago. And I felt like ever since, and I'm like, I really need to get my stuff together to do that. It which is lights why a bit of a fire, right? Yes, exactly. So I felt like I can't just put that out there and not you know, take some steps to actually get to that point, which is what I'm doing right now. There's a phrase that, that I like that I've been hearing a lot. And I listen to James Altucher's podcast. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you, you've, uh, you know him, but he's, uh, he has like guests like Tony Robbins and I Tony, Tony Robbins. Robbins and oh my God. I love and, him. And Tim Ferriss mm -hmm. and other, you yeah. know, people who uh, have, have podcasts that yeah. are crazy popular. A lot of people use the term uh, ready, fire, aim instead oh, yeah. of ready, aim, fire. Oh. Because, you're basically saying, I'm going to do the thing and then figuring out how to do it, maybe. Yeah. But if you announce it first or if you commit to it, that th there's much more of a fire lit mm -hmm. under you for that. A lot of people spend a lot of time, and I I'm very guilty of this, of just aiming, right? Looking mm -hmm. for the right time to do the thing. Yeah, it's never the right time. Just do it. it just that's do what it. I've learned exactly. as I've gotten older. It's just, like, just do it. I mean, that's a big reason why I started my millennial money meetup. I wanted to have an event where it was, you know, everyone's welcome, obviously, but it's the content is focused to educate millennials about something about personal finance. And I am not an event planner at all. And uh, I am also at that point, I hadn't done too much public speaking. So it was actually still quite That was new before that, you did that, FinCon? Yeah, that was uh, before I did the okay. Ignite uh, speaking thing at FinCon. Okay and a couple other things in the fall. Those are things that I want to get better at that I wanted to do. So I put it out in the universe. I'm like, I think I'm thinking of uh, doing an event. And then uh, I started reaching out to potential partners to help pay for it. And uh, then the wheels, and then once I got funding, I'm like, oh, I, I have to do this. And they're like, we want you to do this event. It was EQ Bank who sponsored that event, the yeah, first one. Yeah, they gave you um, a chunk of money to do it. They gave me a chunk of money. And, and they're like, we want you to, okay, you have a month to put it together. And what they're was like, the venue? It was at second floor events in downtown Toronto. So it was a very nice venue. Um, How many people uh, could 140 fit? 140 people and came. And you were at capacity? I was at capacity, yeah, yeah. That sounds so great. 
yeah, it was a very successful event. We sold out and people came and I am not an event planner. So I was terrified that no one would come to my party. Sure, of course. But it worked out in the end. And it was kind of like you said, it's like I, I made the plan and I did it. And then I kind of thought about it after, <laughs> you know? And, and when, they, like when they threw the chunk of money at you, you're like, I guess I, I really well, have to Well, the pressure, pressure to was on. This. I need to impress them, right? Yeah. yeah. The podcasts I like the most are the mm -hmm. ones that are about uh, change and fears because I've, I've gone through yeah. a lot of change mm -hmm. and I face a lot of uh, fears. So other than like the personal finance theme that obviously runs through everything, mm -hmm. if I had to pick another major theme to describe the last couple of years, yeah. it would be uh, uh, love you. Yeah. It would be change is good. Yeah. And, and inevitable. And inevitable. <laughs> be yourself. Put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Don't accept the status quo. Don't let anyone tell you what you can or can't accomplish. Mm -hmm. But also try to balance, right? Yeah. Money, life, balance. Yes. Is that still your uh, it's still my mantra? Your ma my your it'll mantra, be my life, life mantra. mantra. Absolutely. And I'm always trying to get that right. <laughs> it's hard. Well, you know, it's hard to it's hard to kind of go ahead with these things because, like, and maybe I'm listening to the wrong people, but mm -hmm. people like to think that change is bad. So, for mm -hmm. as an example, you can't go to school for one thing and then completely change and go to another direction. Mm -hmm. What a waste of money. Why would you waste your money like that? Is it really a waste of money if you learn something? Yeah, so you learn something about yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, so you, you stay the course and you be miserable. And then when you're 50, you look back and say, what, what, I did, what did I do? That is just such a, a crazy and way of thinking. Like, so this career for life thing, the career, marriage, house, babies, retirement, yeah. and death. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That, like, this is not the way. No, not anymore. anymore. Not anymore. And no. that's the thing. I think that's the issue. It's like it was the thing and that's fine, but it just it doesn't work anymore. And it's I always felt I think honestly, like looking back when me and my husband were thinking of moving out here to Toronto from Vancouver, we were kind of doing those steps, started dating, you know, I finished school, we got jobs in the city, moved to the city, got a place together, got married and we were I w well, especially me. I was like, I was not happy. I was bored. Yeah. I was like so settled and it drove me nuts. I'm like, there's got to be something more to life. I, I, you know, I felt like I ticked all those boxes and I'm like, I'm still unhappy. So and some I people had like to change. Some you know? people like the boxes. And that's right? fine. I and mean, I still like some of the boxes, but sometimes if you recognize that you're not happy, at, but you, you're doing all those supposed things that you're supposed to do as an adult, you need to you need to do something different then. Yeah, you got to listen to what's going on inside, yeah. right? You got to listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, I, I love the fact that you guys listened listen to Harry Potter yeah, on the trip from. I mean, I, it was my Vancouver. my decision. Jo Josh had no choice. So, like, <laughs> this is how many like hours were you in the car? Oh, shoot. Or like oh how many Lord. days? Sorry, I should say. I mean, I'd say it took us about a t two week process from because Vancouver. he drove the whole way. He, yeah, poor guy, because I don't know how to drive stick, and he <laughs> has a that's his car, so he drove the whole way. But I didn't fall asleep once while he was driving because that's okay, rude. Yeah. So that's kind of the deal, have right? A good, uh, I have to passenger. be the partner to keep yeah. him awake or whatever. And yeah, uh, we had a great experience. But he said never again. <laughs> No, <laughs> never again. Never again no. for the driving or the, the Harry Potter. For the driving, I'd say like we're thinking of going. We're we're going to the Maritimes for a wedding in the summer, and I'm like, should we drive? He's like, no, nope. no. <laughs> well, Lion. at least you know. At least you. <laughs> Not that he doesn't like road tripping with me, but it's just like he no. just didn't like driving for that long. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, I get it. 
you guys, you, you both could have spent your whole life saying, you know, we need to go on a really long road trip just to see what it's like. And you got it over we got with it out quick. Of our system. So now you know you don't want to do we that. Know. It's we good. Would rather Flying not. is much quicker. Flying is better. But road <laughs> trips are also nice. Yes. Uh, you know, maybe try a short one next yeah. time. Yeah. Well, next you. time I'll learn stick or something, or we'll rent a car that I can drive. Yes, that's yeah. right. Let's talk about money feelings personalities okay. as you yes. as you would call yes. them so it so it turns out money is uh money when it you put your feelings into it which yep. i think everyone, everyone probably does. should it's really complicated yeah, <laughs> there's I know. a whole lot of different things so money or lack of money makes people feel mm -hmm. a certain way some people need a lot some people don't need much some people want it so they feel free mm -hmm. some people want to feel secure some people want to buy stuff you want to talk about money personalities a little bit yes so i always kind of knew that different uh, people relate to money differently. Money meant different things to different people. But when I, I did this course through the uh, Canadian Securities Institute and part of the curriculum was about, uh, well, they didn't, didn't call it money personalities, but it was basically, you know, talking about beliefs, values, and different money attitudes. And this really just like, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is like, I can't believe I never really, I just didn't know how to really categorize all of these things before. And it really hit home. I'm like, money means security to me. Uh, oh, Amen. that's why I do all the things I do is because that's what at the core money means to me. And mine is freedom. Mm -hmm. I, I've realized a lot, mm -hmm. right? It just gives me the freedom to do now. Yeah. If I want to leave my job, yeah. I can leave my job and yep. I'm not too worried about it mm -hmm. or do other things, right? It doesn't mean stuff. No. No. Yeah. And, and, and I think for the people who, who it is stuff, mm -hmm. it probably isn't really stuff. No, the stuff well is covering for whatever ex the bad feelings. Exactly, right? exactly. Like lots of the people, like the other kind of money uh, personalities or attitudes is, you know, there's power, there's love, and there's also um, personal value or just like what you want people to think of you, basically. So your, your image sort of? Kind of your image, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're portraying you, exactly. having money in your pocket uh, makes you feel mm -hmm. important, say, yeah. or more confident. Yes, exactly. And so... Yeah, it's it's really interesting, especially once you kind of know these different money personalities to then kind of see some of your friends or family members and to be like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. I've got a variety of people in my life who spend money very differently and it kind of makes sense based on their upbringing or, th you know, experiences they've gone through in their life and all that kind of stuff. So it's interesting. We do a lot of color theory and Myers-Briggs. Uh, mm -hmm. I've done that analysis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's har that's harder to do that stuff with people who are unwilling. For a lot of these people, and especially the ones who are about stuff, mm -hmm. mindfulness yes. is a really good thing. So I, I've I've been through an eight-week mindfulness uh, course. Uh, John Cabinson wrote nice. uh, a book called Full Catastrophe Living. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've uh, you've heard of that, but uh, he uh, mindfulness for him, it was originally used for people who are in chronic pain mm. a lot of people in chronic pain medication of any kind yeah, does not help mm. a lot of people are sent to john cabinson's clinic uh, i forget where he is in the states and they go through this program and it, it helps them you know mindfulness is about your thoughts are just thoughts you mm -hmm. don't have to act on everything and it really kind of connects to money i, I never thought about it when i was going through the program about mm -hmm. in terms of spending and stuff totally. like that but it's uh for me it was uh you know i was in the gambling program mm -hmm. uh, gambling recovery and that was one of the first things that I did uh, other, other than cognitive behavioral therapy. So mm -hmm. mindfulness uh, meditation or just uh, bringing mindfulness into your life. Mm -hmm. It's like I don't have to buy that thing right now. Uh, maybe I'll think about it. Yep. Maybe I don't need it. 
I'll just think about it for a week. Yep. Is that is that uh, how would you apply mindfulness uh, after having your awesome podcast with uh, <laughs> I forget her name now. Uh, oh, Lisa Peterson. Lisa yeah. Peterson. Yeah. I feel like I've always been kind of like I've always been pretty mindful when it comes to spending sometimes I'm more mindful when I'm happy less mindful when I'm stressed and unhappy that's why you need to practice it absolutely so that when you're exactly so then you can kind of you know and so um there's you know I'm not a big like shopper or anything but there's definitely certain things especially if I'm like in an environment where there's stuff like a mall or something there's definitely things like ooh, I would really like that bag or something like that but instinctively I won't ever just go buy something I will take I will like and this is just like a habit I have like crafted over very like most of my life it's a good habit yeah and I think it you know comes from also because we didn't have a lot of money growing up so you always had to be very careful like if you want something make sure that you only get one thing kind of thing and so this kind of one chance you can oh yeah exactly make it worth it exactly and so this has followed me into adulthood which is great because i don't generally buy stuff i regret buying and when i do because i have like back in the fall i became self-employed i'm like i'm gonna treat myself to a really nice laptop bag i want a nice designer laptop bag nothing crazy but it was like a mark jacobs or whatever I'm like, I deserve it. And uh, I went to Nordstrom and I spent like, it was like $400 on a stupid laptop bag. I bought it, came home and I was so proud of myself and looked at this fancy bag. And then I'm like, huh. And then after like two days, I'm like, why the hell did I just spend $400 (laughs) on a stupid laptop bag? I have one, you know, it's a a bit damaged, it's a bit old, but it still works. And I don't really use my laptop bag that often. Are you thinking of all the things you could have bought with that 400? Mm -hmm. I started thinking about all the things that I could have. I'm like, I could have put that in savings. Uh, You know, my income is still, you know, fluctuating because now I'm I'm earning in a different way. That's true. This really probably isn't the time to splurge on a designer laptop bag that you probably won't get as much use out of as you want. So what? I did was I returned it. Okay, well that you know it's it's still mindfulness. It's mm-hmm. after the fact. Exactly. But you can still rec- and that's the thing. It's <laughs> like I think a lot of people forget once you buy something, it's like that's you can still return it. M- usually, usually, uh, you know, check hopefully, if it's final sale or not. Exactly. Be always conscious of that because then you can. And then I felt like a weight lifted off my shoulders once I left that store and returned yeah. it, got my money back. I can't believe it. It's yeah. uh, it's a really good feeling. You know, I I uh, think it's uh, Warren Buffett. You know, he never mm-hmm. spent any of mm-hmm. his money. He mm-hmm. never wanted to. He mm-hmm. just wanted to make it. That's mm-hmm. It was fun for yeah. him. But I think one of the things he would do, if I remember my readings correctly, is he would, like, calculate the compound interest mm-hmm. on that, mm-hmm. uh, like, yeah. over whatever period of time. And, like, and he would be like, I can't spend that. Mm-hmm. This could turn into $8,000 in 30 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can't apply it to everything, of course. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of a good, uh, you know, if you have that in the back of your head, like, I'm 20 years old. Uh, this $20 that I just put in the bank could be, you know, 400 mm-hmm. at some point in the near future. Yeah. That that could be powerful for you, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Wellness is good. Mm-hmm. You know, mi- like mind wellness yeah. and you know, for money well, like overall wellness. Yeah, I feel like once you you really do take care of yourself in other aspects like, you know, I'm a big fan of fitness. Obviously, I'm coming out with a course that's about fitness and finance. Yeah. Th- um, but, you know, wait, it what is it the Rich and Fit Bootcamp? Ri- rich and Fit Bootcamp. Yeah, yeah. I so like this. So it will be coming out shortly, soon. We're uh, working our, our hardest on it right now. But I feel like once you really kind of figure out your, your fitness, your health, you've got your mind right, you just make sure all the other elements of your life are good and are just how you want them to be it kind of reflects in your money. Like I'm way happier now 
I'm less stressed out. I'm working out. I'm eating a healthier diet. I'm treating people nicer because I'm happier. Like all these things. And also I'm, I'm not spending like crazy because I don't want anything because I realized I have everything I need. And uh, when you're busy, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have the time to buy things because you're busy either interacting with people mm-hmm. or being productive or doing things. And you don't need, uh, say, a new television because you never watch it. Exactly. You don't need cable TV. You might just need to take a a page from Sean Cooper's book. You just get $10 a month Netflix. Why does everyone need an $80 cable package? Mm -hmm. The other thing uh, is fast food. When you're stressed, you're going to eat fast food. You're going to, you're going to, I have no time. You think you have no time, right? Because you're stressed out and Mm -hmm. maybe you're not happy. So you eat fast food. It makes you feel bad. Yep. And it costs like, I don't know, sometimes 10 times. I know. It's actually not cheap. It's like not. That's the thing. It's really not that cheap. In a way, it's good that fast food costs money because it, you think about it, you know, mm-hmm. I just made a bunch of salads on, on Sunday for the week and I've been eating those. I yep. feel great. They cost yep. nothing. Right? I know. Whenever I like I'm starving at my house. Uh, I'm like, okay, well, well, luckily I live really close to a grocery store. So I'm like, it's really not much more effort to go to that grocery store and buy some stuff than to go to the McDonald's or exactly. whatever. And whenever, and even if I am starving, I try my best. I'm like, okay, if you're really, really hungry, buy yourself a like pre-made smoothie and like a bag of salad and like some kind of protein. Yeah. And then you will be fine. So I think it's like, if you have, especially when it comes to like, just talking about food more. If you know, uh, okay, what are some easy, quick things to just pick up from the grocery store that are still healthy, that's way better than like waiting in line at McDonald's, eating something terrible for you, and yeah. you feel you feel bad after. You you kind of have to, you know, wh- if you're busy or even if you're stressed, especially you got to have a food plan. I think yep. that's really important. Just like have snacks all around you, like nuts, protein bars. Just have those everywhere. Yeah, is it part of your rich and fit? Boot camp. Can you yeah. want to talk a little more about yeah, it, or, yeah, or like absolutely. if we're spoiling yeah. uh, anything? So, uh, yeah, I think it, I like the, the idea. Expert in the course at all. My so you're my partnered my with my partner Jacqueline Phillips, uh, personal trainer. Yes. Okay. So um, and she recently um, is entrepreneur now too. She uh, quit her nine to five to focus on her fitness business, but she's she's rocking it right now. It just made sense for her to just focus on her own business now because she's a, a fitness model. She's a fitness coach. So she, she trains people and trains people for shows and also helps them work out, creates fitness plans for them and everything like that. Yeah, she's rocking it. And so we used to work together and uh, we started chatting about our own side hustles. I did the blog. You worked the at, a, at a company together? Yeah, we like w- a both worked at a law firm together. Oh, okay. So you both had yeah, so things that weren't like yeah. in the realm that you wanted to be in. Yeah, well, we're yeah. She was in, uh, you know, one department. I was in another. But uh, there was one night where we were both working late, and so she came around to my cubicle, like, "Oh, you're still here," and then started chit chatting about our side hustles, and realized, "Oh, she's in fitness. I'm in finance." And when we started talking about them, we realized how many parallels there are between fitness yeah, and finance, as we just talked about. Yeah, exactly. and I, I, I'd never really put two and two together, and neither did she. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, one of the things I've always struggled with is my fitness and my weight. Like sometimes I'll be rocking it and like take it really seriously and then I'll go back to like my old ways and she's like same way for finance sometimes I'm really good sometimes I'm not so good I'm like yeah, we should flow, like come together and create something together let's do it right let's like what a crazy that's, concept uh, that so sounds that's awesome okay yeah. so you put it together and it's uh, it's going to be an online uh, seven week uh, course to okay. teach people how to yeah, like from scratch, how to deal with their finances and their fitness. In, in sort of in tandem, because people mm-hmm, tandem. sometimes might might focus on one or the other. Exactly. I'm going to go to the gym just so I don't have to look at my taxes. Exactly. Yeah, but no, it's like <laughs> it's basically like a full 
you know, lifestyle kind of course. So it's like integrating, that. you know, uh, smart money, uh, management and also uh, fitness. And then eventually, cause I'm like, I'm right now doing the fitness part. Like I'm doing all of her workouts of to course. say that yeah. I can do all of yeah. them and they're not easy, but I am loving them. Like I feel so amazing. <laughs> Good. And you know, it's, it's, uh, you can start working out or go to the gym yeah. or whatever, you know, even to say you have a gym in your building, mm -hmm. But when you, you know, sign up for something yeah. or pay for something, yeah. there's that accountability there. There's an account. And to uh, yeah. yourself, especially if it's a, pr a personal finance mm -hmm. bit, you're like, I spent some of my money that I mm -hmm. budgeted probably yeah. for yeah. on this. So yeah. I'm going to make the most of it. Yeah, there's that accountability. We also have a uh, Facebook group specifically for students. So you'll see other people doing the program with you so you feel like you're doing it together and we're also going to do kind of Facebook lives in that group so we can do you know ask me anything kind of thing so it really is like about teaching people but creating a community because I think that's the the biggest struggle with money and finance it's like that information's out there for free yeah but if it was that easy to do on your own without that kind of accountability and that structure and that guide well we'd all be super rich and fit. exactly <laughs> and that, that's what I'm trying to do with, with being a yeah. personal finance coach yeah. You know, I can easily give you the all the mm -hmm. four steps that are in my program, yeah. but you're not going to do them. No. You need if to I'm have there, that like sense of if I don't do it, someone's going to know, and I don't want to fail. You know, you, I'm just you there in the that. background. I'm hovering mm -hmm. and saying maybe every once in a while, "Hey, how's it going?" Exactly. Right? And that's kind of it's all a lot of people need. Yeah. Right. It doesn't take up a lot of time. Yeah. But just being there, mm -hmm. and so that's why I'm really committing to being there for yeah. the person's life. It doesn't just stop. You know, like any sort of program, like once you're, once you're good, mm -hmm. you would have done it yourself. Exactly. Already. And that's why we're, yeah, creating it. It's like, if this is meant for people that really do want to take it seriously for a good seven weeks. And seven weeks is actually, you know, that's a long chunk of time to dedicate full force into these two aspects of your life. It but is. And so, uh, you credit counseling program. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm. Uh, I what guess. is the accreditation called? I think so I've it's seen the, uh, it. It's the uh, accredited financial counselor program. There's okay. one in Canada. There's also one in the States. It's based off of the States program, I, I think, think yeah. I read. Or um, they but adapted the it. Or yeah, but the education is all, it's all Canadian. Canadian based. Um, yeah, it's, it's a completely different uh, curriculum, but it's kind of the same program, so to speak. The whole purpose and the reason I chose this program was because it is to educate you to uh, eventually become a counselor. So it's like, I never wanted to, I kind of struggled with this. I, I wanted to get some kind of formal education because I was just self-taught, but I didn't want to become a certified financial planner because I don't want to be a financial planner working at a bank. That was never my goal. Yeah. I want to help people one-on-one -on -one or w in groups, but more in a coaching counselor type format. Exactly. And so I had a couple friends from the States who did the American version and they, they said, it's great. They've thriving businesses as coaches so that's there's a uh, lot of cfps out there already mm -hmm. and cfas and yeah. all the other letters pfps yeah and it's okay there's room for a lot of different kinds mm -hmm. of of people like you know personal yeah. finance coach a counselor where you so you would probably spend a lot more time with people yes exactly trying and to it's, and the kind of purpose and then what i always want to do wasn't just to be like all right let's make a financial plan and then see you in a year mm -hmm. it really is about being a teacher and yes. I think that's what's really missing with you know if you were to go to a traditional financial institution and go to a CFE they're not going to spend hours they a week make the with plan you to teach for you, you. Yeah. yeah and I think that's the element that's missing it's like I want to be able to teach myself out of a job I want to teach people 
so they can go off and do their finances on their own and understand all of that yeah, information. Yeah, I like that too. You yeah. Teach people to fish. Yeah, uh, you exactly. know, instead of if you just give them fish, they'll mm-hmm. eat them and then they'll and be then like, they'll can yeah, I exactly. Can I have some more fish, please? Yeah. <laughs> Just to continue with that analogy yeah. as, fa- <laughs> as far as possible. Uh, so that's awesome. I think uh, one of the last things I want to talk about before we get to the special mm. uh, questions from the internet segment, yes. which I'm very excited about, you can tell, Me too. is uh, travel. I love travel. Yes. Oh. Uh, I also love travel. Now, I of course, I was terrified of everything for mm-hmm. about a good 15 years mm-hmm. of my adulthood, if you will. No. I, w- when does adulthood start? Lord uh, at knows. 15. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I just started. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I only started traveling mm-hmm. for real mm-hmm. when I was 30. Yeah. Wow. And I'm thir- I'll am i be 37 mm-hmm. in September. Mm-hmm. Still a millennial. Yes, so you are. <laughs> <laughs> I would no, uh, come and challenge me on this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went to Japan. That was my first Ugh. for a week. Yeah. So wow. I'll tell everybody, don't go to Japan for just a week. No, you have to You go can't see everything. There's so much. I couldn't there's afford so the time yeah, to I take any more. I know, I know. Yeah. But I got a Japan rail pass. Mm-hmm. It was great. I went up yeah. to Nagano where they had the Olympics. I went to Osaka mm-hmm. and I stayed in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. So I've been a whole bunch of places since then. We yeah. went to Kenya in November. Yeah. My wife is in Nepal right now. Yeah. I just can't go because I, I go have commitments. So yeah, so yeah, yeah, we talk to her when she comes back. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like hiking in the Himalayas, like in the in the realm of the Himalayas right now. Not like... You know, up no. to Mount Everest or yeah. anything. It's Everest, <laughs> right? I'm, I always. I don't. Know. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> or is it Kilimanjaro? No, Kilimanjaro. I know because okay, I was in you. Kenya. That's that's <laughs> in like Tanzania. I get those, I'm like, which one's where? That's that's a good. Actually, that's probably a good thing. I've been to Kenya, so I know that for okay. sure. It, mm. We were on the border of Tanzania, and we could see Kilimanjaro okay. from Kenya. So you've you've been to Africa. I have. I mean, I've yeah. I, I've just recently been to Kenya, but you were that in was my first uh, Gambia, like foreign country trip, like uh, you know, like 12, 13, wait, thirteen uh, years ago. I was a, I was eighteen, and I turned nineteen when I was there. Okay. So that was my uh, I'd finished one year of university, and uh, I went on that trip, and and it was uh, a volunteer missionary trip, <laughs> not something I ever thought I would do. Yeah. Uh, but it was two months in uh, the Gambia, and uh, it was uh, it was an interesting experience to say the least. I mean, I look back on it fondly now. Yes. But, uh, coming back, I mean, it was a mission trip, so uh, like uh, the bulk of the purpose of the trip was to spread the word of Jesus, mm. and word I Jesus. and uh, honestly, the reason I went on the trip really was I wanted to do something crazy and different and sometimes and spreading so you know the missionary I mean, work is uh, i mean when we were in kenya it's yeah. everywhere it's a, it's and it's that's everywhere. that's a way to to get places that's, yeah so it's it's yeah like now i have a lot of different th- thoughts about volunteerism which is kind of what it was um, and also i went on this you know two-month trip with a bunch of um, I think lar- largely most of them were Mennonites and, and Protestant. Okay. I come from a Catholic background where we do not like preach. We are like, yeah, you no, do not yeah. talk about your religion. Yeah. It's all about being You're quiet welcome, and respectful. Welcome to join, but, uh, yeah, but or do sh- your own thing. You yeah. know, it's, it's sh- <laughs> kneel yeah. and shush. Please be quiet. Um, so it was a very interesting experience being with people that when you go to church, it's all about making noise and singing. And it was like, whoa, this is so not my, uh, my so background. Bit, you're in Africa and it's a yeah. bit overwhelming. It's a bit overwhelming. And you're almost 19. I, yeah. I was like, it was my first trip kind of on my own without family or anything like that. And I, I honestly, I, I wanted to have a, a cool experience and make some friends and hopefully to kind of do some good. And I may have done a little good. I volunteered at an orphanage nearby for a little bit, but 
looking back, if anyone, you know, asked me, oh, is this a good way to give back and help people? Personally, no. I'd say just donate money. The and, or just, like, yeah. go on that trip, but don't have the expectation that you're helping. Like, donate That's money, right. then go on the trip. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of my perspective I've now. D- I've that when I went to Peru for a month, it was mm-hmm. volunteerism as yeah. well. It was... Uh, originally to teach English mm-hmm. but uh, when I got there I realized it was Does everyone baby- already it was know babysitting English? no oh. <laughs> it was it wasn't teaching English it was mm-hmm. like we learn one word of English today and then you're a primary school teacher which right. I didn't I wanted to help people learn yeah. English that's yeah. it I didn't you, to, yeah. you know so I ended up going to the Amazon and helping there mm-hmm. in the jungle mm-hmm. which was nice but I really felt like we weren't making that much of a difference. No. And yeah. though we didn't, the, the goal was always just to leave without, you know, making yeah. any kind of a, a, an footprint impact, or, like yeah. footprint, mm-hmm. and maybe make it a little bit better. You're right. It can be done in a completely different way. And so, you know, that's a little bit about the charitable yeah. reasons for traveling. But I want to talk about the more selfish yes. reasons for yeah. traveling. So after that, I did get a bit of a travel bug. And after that, I'm like, oh, I want to go everywhere and uh, i mean i i was in university so i uh, i didn't have that much money so i had to wait until after to kind of go on a couple other trips but after that the big trip was me and my husband went to thailand for about a month and that was amazing he'd been before and he also has uh friends that live in thailand they, they're thai and they have a business oh that's, that's oh yeah ha- that's so they, to they told us all kind of like this is what you should do this is what you shouldn't do and we stayed at their place in bangkok and they had the most absolutely gorgeous that's amazing place in downtown bangkok. i wish i had i mean had, I, do you feel like on trips like that i feel like my creativity and my perspective <laughs> the change of perspective all that stuff it's totally worth the price of, of travel oh my gosh like, well, the big reason we went to Thailand when we did, because it was a couple of months before we got married. So everyone's like, oh, are you going on a, like a pre-honeymoon? We're like, sure. But it was kind of a trip of self-discovery and we both knew it because we were considering oh good, whether yeah. we should move or, you know, we're like, what are we going to do after we get married? Like just keep doing things that, you know. And so we definitely knew we needed both a trip to kind of just set our minds right and really disconnect from our daily lives and really travel and experience totally. something new. And absolutely. Like I have... One story where we were in Chiang Mai and I went to this used bookstore to get another book to read. And I found this book that was kind of like kind of out of the bookshelf a little bit. And it was from Kelly Catrone, who uh, she was on like on a reality show. She's like big in the fashion industry, but she's kind of like a boss and kind of a hard lady. Okay. But she's awesome. And she wrote a book called If You Want to Cry, Go Outside, <laughs> <laughs> which is why I love her. I think, and I've, I think I've heard that phrase <laughs> yeah. uh, once or twice in my life. <laughs> And so I saw this book. I'm like, oh, my God, this is a sign. I need to read this book. <laughs> and because uh, I'm like, yeah, I was wanted to do something cool. And I w- really wanted to focus on my career and do something different and risky. And that's what the whole book is about is her all of the risks she took in her career and how she ended up where she was. But the crazy thing about that story was I went to the register to buy it. And they're like, where'd you get that book? I'm like, just in that bookshelf. They're like, we don't carry this book. Some <laughs> traveler must have come in, stolen one of our books, and put that book in its place. What? So they weren't even supposed to have that book. Oh. Wasn't that crazy? I mean, it's not like a, a beautiful work of fiction, but it was a pretty inspirational book at that moment in my life to kind of kick me in the pants to be like, don't be afraid to like move to a new city to start yeah. over. Just do it and see what happens. And and then and so we did. You got back. And you we got did. married. We got married. And, and then, then we, we literally, uh, I had like one more or maybe two more weeks at my job after we got married and then we sold all of our stuff got out of our apartment went on our honeymoon to disneyland because it was our dream of, nice. dream of ours and uh and then we we road tripped it from vancouver to toronto and uh, didn't know anybody in town 
maybe a few acquaintances we knew and didn't have any jobs and yeah um, i like i like yeah. you said you've never been here i oh yeah i've never been i've never been to toronto before and we I moved <laughs> here josh had been here he went to no, a I, conference he here and he's like he called me on the phone he's like i think you'll like it i'm like yeah good <laughs> enough for me <laughs> Do I it. don't. I don't think that's a common thing. No? Uh, uh, well, I don't. I don't. You know what? That's a good point. Like, say you're moving to another yeah. country. Yeah. Perhaps that's that's more common. And, and yeah. I mean, yeah. Toronto and Vancouver are that far apart. No, but you it's know, like yeah, you'd think I'd check out the city before moving my whole life and and quitting my job and all that stuff. But l- at least he went. And yes, so he went. You had that. And you, tr- and you trust him, so that's I fine. I, I'm not going to say he it's, was right. it's that much of a strange thing, yeah. but. It obviously worked out. It worked out. I love it here. I really so do. So what about plans for the future for traveling? For traveling. Well, <laughs> immediate. We're going to Coburg for the weekend. Ah. I don't. Exotic actually, another Coburg. place I've never been. <laughs> another place I've never you been. And it does many sound others. like we're going to Germany, but really, it's just <laughs> a small town an hour outside of Toronto. So those are our immediate plans, but we've got plans to uh, visit the Maritimes in the summer. So we have a wedding in Nova Scotia, but I hope oh, to that's do. that's nice. Uh, I've been there before, I but I want to go again because, again, I think the last time I was there I was in grade 12 and to visit some family, and I absolutely loved it my wife's family's from cape breton oh and yeah. so, so I, I really need to she's been out a couple of times mm-hmm. since we've been married i need to you need to get there i need it's to get there so beautiful we just we've been summer. picking africa i know and i know indonesia and it's, and it's hard to you're like uh do i want to go to someplace in canada or do i want to go to this really cool country right? i know it's it's really hard to make those decisions because well we did the last year we went up on, on a nice real trip to to tobermory Mm-hmm. which is really nice in national parks and provincial mm-hmm. parks and stuff. So mm-hmm. there's time for for different yeah. types yeah. of trips, and each one has its benefits. And I think the benefits are always that you just you you have a break. Yeah. From So if, there was, if yeah. there was anything, you don't necessarily have to have anything bad going on in your life. No. But if there's anything you were thinking about changing or thinking about you know, that's different, it's really hard to change it when you're in it. Yep. Exactly. So stepping away, you, yes. you did the Thailand thing. You know, I went to Peru, yeah. and when I got back from Peru, the gambling was completely gone. Yeah. I was a new person, and I got back, and I met my wife, mm-hmm. and I started a new job, which was paying me $20,000 more than my previous yeah. job. Everything was kind of lining up, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, ne- I never looked back. Yeah, and travel can do amazing things travel is great it's yeah i love it and uh so uh, yeah maritimes but hopefully future plans to go someplace a little bit more exotic i'd love to go to south america that was one of our things on the list so Peru's we'll, we'll, good. See. we'll see i like peru mm-hmm. um, it's also a little cheaper yes right? no peru and bolivia great things are, peru, are more affordable costa rica we've been a couple of times mm-hmm. it's, it's i hear it's expensive though. it's like here it, the yeah. prices are yeah. like here so mm-hmm. it's but it's really awesome and nice mm-hmm. uh different parts of it too there's volcanoes uh, yeah i i've been yeah. in and around many volcanoes and mm-hmm. apparently it's my thing to go to volcanoes and find them but mm-hmm. would you ever consider moving somewhere like and then working like remotely from there oh yeah like that's been a, a dream yeah. i don't know if it's possible like i could do it probably for my job just because it is that's more right. online oh, but my y- husband he, he does need to be at a studio yeah okay that's so but if we can figure out a place where he can work at a studio like there's a, a friend of his who knows people who have a studio in portugal and i'm like oh my gosh i would move there in a heartbeat i don't know portuguese i'll learn it it's <laughs> it's i don't know i know sp- i know french and spanish and portuguese i know it's french, still a mystery similar it, I, yeah, that's that's <laughs> what I thought. Okay, I think it's uh, I think it's, it's time, time Let's for do it. questions Let's do it. from the internet. Okay, so what was your biggest investment mistake? Uh, honestly, do you have one? Yeah, I 
mean, it wasn't something that's like, oh my God, this ruined me. But I would honestly say when I, before I got married, I, I didn't have a lot of money invested, but I did have them invested through uh, Tangerine's index funds. Yeah. And it was simple and I just kept them and it was all tickety-boo. But when we got married, my husband uh, was going to move uh, more. He had some investments through RBC, uh, through an inheritance. And so okay. he had a bunch of mutual funds. And we just thought it would be easier if we uh, moved uh, things together. Yeah. But And so I I, let, I, I changed all my investments and, and invested a ton of money into mutual funds. And oh, I, you I took your tangerine stuff out and, yeah. and moved it over to his. Yes. I see. And nothing against mutual funds, but... The Personally, I wish I didn't do that because the fees are quite crazy high. They had high MERs. And I didn't, you know, the performance was uh, not uh, that great. So okay. uh rectified that by switching uh, and uh, now I'm in investing in ETFs. Yeah, ETFs. So ETFs is yeah. where it's at. So, yeah, n- that's not a very exciting answer to your question. No, I, you know, <laughs> I have, you know, a, I have a similar is. one. Uh, yeah. I had mine with Investors Group, and, yeah. and uh, I had paid deferred sales charges to get them yeah. out of, like, 4% I know. To, to get them out. I, I mentioned that uh, when you guys were mm-hmm. speaking at the Tangerine mm-hmm. event. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's, that's a yeah. pretty basic one. Yeah, it's pretty okay. standard. So this is a uh, uh, – is there more to this question? Yeah. I'm getting a thousand dollars a month for the next ten years. Mm-hmm. What should I do with it? And there's more detail. Mm-hmm. I'm 16, and after winning a lawsuit, I'm getting a thousand dollars a month starting this month okay. until 2027. Wow! I okay. legally cannot touch this money until I'm 18. It's being okay. put in a closed account. What are ideas of smart things I can do with this money other than pay for college? So he cannot touch it until he's 18. So I- in essence, he's he's going to have like 24 grand. Mm-hmm. At 18, and then yeah. after then, he can, like, spend the $1,000 a month. Uh, yeah. It sounds like a lot, but it's not. No. I mean, yeah. It's kind of like that, uh, what's that lottery or that? Um, the, the cash for life. Cash for life. You're like, that's not. But I think that's, like, know, a thousand like a week. It doesn't a week, but still, yeah. it's, like, four grand a month isn't, like, you know what you're, it's like. It's not great. I mean, yeah. if it's, I mean, if you're <laughs> I never thought about it that way. If you're way. unemployed. Sure. And you're, like. Oh, now I can live. That's right. But it's not like that's a ma- you know. Or you that's can just keep working part time. You can keep working part time, or yeah. or decide to do the yeah. the dream job or yeah. the side hustle. Well, yeah, okay. So, so for that thousand dollars for ten years, I don't think that like I think the person needs to live their life. I think so. they need to live their life. I'm a bit, I mean, more conservative. I would say obviously use that money to pay for university if that's what he wants to do or go to trade school or whatever. Um, so you don't have to get any loans. Yeah. You know, put some money aside for a down payment if you want to buy a house. Put some money aside for travel and invest a chunk of it because you're so freaking young. Well, what's missing here yeah. is the go- is the person's goals because he's 16. Yeah, he has no goals. And he, has he doesn't to figure have those any out. goals. He's like, yeah. I might want to go to college. I don't yeah. know. I, I would say even if he doesn't know anything, just like invest half of it or something in index funds when you're 18. Oh, that's but, uh, another thing. Well like, can you imagine if you started investing your money? Like, if I invested my money at 18 as opposed to like, 25 the difference I mean in the compounding. difference in those few years it's those last you years know? yeah it's the last couple of years right before retirement or w- before you're going to take it out mm-hmm. that just like things like double I know. it's it's in, it's incredible to see yeah and you don't think it makes a difference it doesn't mm. make a difference at the beginning but it makes a difference at the end yeah and so you know we're not gonna tell them to blow it right no, you know don't and you can't just like oh good that's enough to live on so just use it to live it's like let it grow let it grow oh my gosh. Let it, it's gonna let be it like grow. maybe even when he's like you know 46 mm-hmm. yeah like 30 that's 30 yeah. I- yeah. 30 years yeah. of a thousand a, mo- a month mm-hmm. if we did put that in a financial plan right now yeah that would be awesome that would be awesome he would be set he and would then he could retire at 46 life. or 40 <laughs> 
cash for life. I know. I know. Okay. I like that one. Okay. Let's do a non-money one. If you had a time machine, mm. would you tell anyone? Not not where would you go or anything, what but would you anyone? keep it to yourself? I would tell my husband. Okay. Then we'd go on adventures together. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, would but you just I like? No. And then of course, of course, what would you do? Is, is I the feel obvious. like if I told too many people, they may kill me. because yeah. They want to take over. Or, or right? Like just or hopefully not kill you, but fast to join you. That's true. But yeah, if you told like the wrong it, people, it could get a, da- a bit dangerous. So yeah, I'd probably only tell my husband, and that's it. Is that selfish? Probably. No, I, you know, I think because you, you're <laughs> right, because if you trust anyone else with it, they could go back and change something. And I don't want to be responsible for what they alter the future, you know? Like, I don't want to be like, oh, I let so-and-so Hey, can I borrow your there. time machine for, and then, and for then, a weekend? You know, <laughs> comes back and dinosaurs are still around. Yeah. And you're like, what did it's you like do? It's like Donald Trump is everywhere. I know. You're you know, like, there's why? like every, Donald Trump do? is president of every country. Of everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, I don't want to have that on my conscience. I just like the question. About, so, <laughs> But I want to, what would you do with it? I don't know if I'd really want to go back in time. I mean, so much history is so dark. <laughs> it is. Okay, let's uh, I always like this idea of of uh you're going back and maybe you're just an observer okay. and you can't change anything. Yeah, that'd be okay. What would you want is there anything you really want to go I'll be honest, see? I'm like a big period piece buff. Okay. I love Jane Austen. Okay, so, so totally you go back, go back to, that? to those times and just and like and dress just up in the, the yeah, clothes and like hang out in tea rooms and stuff. And try to make Jane Austen my friend and talk <laughs> about books. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like it. I would, yeah, I would probably go back to some kind of dinosaur time. That's that would be terrifying. Like, well, uh, the the idea is I'm protected somehow. Okay. Yeah, oh, like okay. I'm. It's I like still not. It's like I'm going back. Maybe That's I'm going like back. Doing Jurassic Park. I'm not. I'm not doing that. Uh-uh. It's um. You know, still be terrifying if you're just watching. Yeah. Like let's say if it was a time machine if I'm screen. Safe, I'd still be terrified. It's a screen that you can go back and look at anything. I just don't trust. Like I just, I just <laughs> the guarantee. Like where's the guarantee? Where's the guarantee? There's no like, guarantee. You know, I just made it people up. People at so. Jurassic Park thought they were safe. That's right. They did. They were. They not. did. Okay, this is uh, money related. Mm-hmm. And probably uh, you probably answered this question. Oh. Uh, how do you live your life frugally among extravagant friends? And a lot of people mm. face this problem, yeah, no, you know, big, maybe big they grew issue. up with somebody and they're wealthy, yeah. but they're still, you know, uh, trying to get by. Yeah. I feel like that was like my whole like You've been childhood through this. Yeah. and teenagehood was all my friends. It's not necessarily that they had more money. They just like either got allowances that they had more money on hand or yeah, maybe their family had a little bit more money or they were just a little bit more free with spending. And I was always... I had a limited amount of money, and yeah. I, I couldn't go to my parents to ask for money. That just wasn't. And how they probably it was. knew that they could go ask to buy exactly. some sneakers. Exactly. Like or I could whatever. never be like, "Mom, can I have fifty bucks?" It's like that. Would, she'd be like, "Uh, no. What do you need? And I'll get it for you." That's right. And then you're like, "I don't want you know." <laughs> you know, it's all I like, want it. But you know, when you're an adult, to get it's a bit tricky. You don't want to like end friendships because you don't like how they spend your mo- their money. Yeah, there's a whole um, friends episode about this. Yeah. Uh, early, early friends days. I mean, for me, I mean, in general. Because I do have this platform and I talk about money so much, people don't like judge me or anything. They know that, oh, okay, we understand why she doesn't want to buy this or whatever. So I think kind of opening communication and just like being like, hey, guys, I don't want to spend my money on that. And sometimes what I have found when I have opened up myself to that, 
people are like, oh, good. Like they're they, like they never thankful thought about it, that they right? can also talk about that. And maybe like, oh, yeah. I was just trying to keep up the Jonas because I thought that's what everyone else was doing. No, we and don't knowing have someone to do else this, yeah. that is living a bit more frugally and that's okay is actually like, oh, maybe I can change my ways too. So open communication yeah. is key. Don't be afraid to talk about money. I think that's, uh, you know, and just if everyone had that mindset of not being afraid to talk about money in a respectful way, obviously, lots of people would probably not have as many money problems as they probably not the $99 bottle service yeah because they (laughs) feel like they have to do that oh my gosh you can have a drink before I know it's like whatever happened to pre-drinking that's all I did before going out when I was you know in my early 20s is like we would pre-drink because it was too expensive at the bar I'm so (laughs) glad that I missed the bottle service days I don't yeah I don't think that was a thing I yeah I don't know or if it was I would I was still like why would you spend that much I just can't I I can't fathom it I, I, you know, I don't, I haven't had a drink for nine years, but when I go to a bar, I spend like $5 on a Coke. Yeah. Like what? Drinks are expensive. Drinks are expensive. I was like, do I have to pre-drink like non-alcoholic drinks now? Mm -hmm. This is really unfortunate. But uh, so, yeah. And and if somebody gives you a hard time, if if you are with a friend, they give you a hard time, they're not really a friend. Absolutely. They should love you and respect you for everything that you're doing. That's like right. They should want you to better yourself. And and uh, if they don't, you got to cut them loose. Bye. See yep. you later. See you later. Okay. We'll do a couple more of these. Okay. So I'm liking this. Me too. What is your personal pat on the back mm-hmm. that you give yourself when you achieve a huge goal that you set? Pat on the back. Like a little treat or reward. Or, or a big treat. You know, like, like what if it was, uh, you know, like Sean when he paid his $450,000 house off. What was his... What well, he, he threw he threw a burn your mortgage party. Oh, right, he had he a burned party. his mortgage, but he spent a little bit of money on that party, right. like a thousand dollars or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, for a treat when I am to spend my money as a reward is things that uh, make me happy, that make me feel good, that I value. So it would be food is always kind of my top like one. A, it's a, like a okay, we did or? this. Yeah. Like yeah. Fa- I may and by fancy mean like going to the keg. Like yeah. I've never. Whenever I've gone to like a really high end restaurant, I'm always like, this was overpriced. And it's you t- know, because I'm not a fancy person. And so it's probably food that it's not like the food that you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always amazing, but I'm like, oh, it was so expensive. Like, yeah, no, I can't. So one ravioli. Like, yeah, oh, I know. Ravi- like, I'm so hungry. That reminds me, we went to a restaurant mm-hmm. and it said raviolo. And you're like, just one. And it no. was just one. It was one. I don't know if I went to this restaurant or somebody just told me about this. But no. I thought raviola was amazing. That's insane. I've never, no, no one's ever said that before. No. So, okay, so yeah. f- food. So food and maybe a drink comes with food kind of. Sometimes an experience, like one thing me and my husband do for our anniversary every year uh, since we've been married is instead of, you know, buying each other gifts, we generally just don't buy each other gifts because we don't need anything. Yeah. Um, and it's just like we don't want to perpetuate this whole material. We don't do thing, gifts anymore. Right. So to celebrate, to kind of reward ourselves, hey, we did good this year. We didn't break up. Yeah. <laughs> We're still loving <laughs> each other. We're doing good. Uh, we do an experience. So the first Perfect. year of after our, our first year of marriage, uh, on our first year anniversary, we went to dining in the dark. So <laughs> romantic. Yeah. Didn't uh, see each other. Wait, wh- the one here? Yeah, the o- one here. Oh, Noir? Yeah. 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 It's awesome. Yeah. We went once. That was super fun. Uh, it was it's such a weird experience. I I uh, I ate everything with my hands. Oh, yeah. I ate everything with my hands, too, because I'm like, I don't know where anything If they would have turned is. the lights on in the middle of the meal, <laughs> I would have been all over. <laughs> I, I don't even know. Uh, sometimes oh, no. uh, it's, w- it's crazy what you do when the lights go off. Yeah. It's the weirdest experience, but it was amazing. So we did that. 
Everybody should do that. I yes. recommend it to everybody. Yeah. I think last year we did the uh, the restaurant, the revolving restaurant, the CN Tower. Yeah. It was okay, actually. Yeah. It was an experience just to see the view, but the food was kind of meh. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but it was it was fun anyway. It's and about the experience yeah, more I so. can't remember what we did year two. I think we just went to a, re- a new restaurant that we hadn't tried. Oh, and no, we went to a comedy show yeah. at a comedy bar, which nice. is a, an amazing comedy a place in town. And this year, I think we're going to go rock climbing. Nice. Like indoor, uh, indoor, indoor rock climbing. Uh, there's a there's couple a of places. There's a place on floor. Uh, there's one in, yeah, in town. Yeah, it used to be an old porno theater. Now okay. Now it's a mountain climbing y- place. You know what they say, <laughs> once a porno theater, then Always the rock climbing it? place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't what's know. the saying? That's, it's, it's a very <laughs> common saying. So, yeah, I guess I'd spend my money on food and experiences. That's what that's the answer. I like it. It's it's good. I I, I'm a big food fan and an experience fan. And Mm -hmm. and I mean, travel, if you if Mm -hmm. you have the Mm -hmm. time or the money to to do that, too. Okay, so the last one, it's uh, it's very patriotic question. Oh, is Canada a paradise? And I I think this might be coming uh, from someone Mm -hmm. from not Canada. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's I I absolutely love being Canadian. I, I mean, the only other place I've considered maybe moving is maybe the UK just because I have roots from there and I love British t- television. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I could fit in right on. I uh, love their TV. Downton Abbey. Oh, no. Like, I watched like everything like all of the from ones? UK. Like, Broad any kind Church? of show. Have you seen I literally Broad just, I just watched this docu-series called A Year in the Commons. It was like a documentary, a four-part series about how their House of Commons works. And it was amazing. You watched <laughs> I know, right? That's how much I love the UK. So, wow. Uh, okay. But I, I absolutely love being Canadian. and love, love Canada. I would never, uh, yeah. I love love my home. Yeah, Canada's country. great. Uh, do you think that we take it for granted sometimes? Absolutely. I think or yeah. I think we, I think we do take it. Uh, you know, especially. I mean, you realize that when you do travel to other countries and you realize that they have different laws and restrictions, and you're like, we are so privileged to have all the freedoms we have here. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we don't even know. Don't um, even know. You know, a coworker know. of mine, he's from Costa Rica, and, and he he basically said to me, uh, like. Canada is awesome. Like mm-hmm. You don't even know how good it is. Like, I, you know, mm-hmm. Costa Rica is uh, cool and all, but, you know, I came here and, and he, he lived in Miami for a little bit and he's like, mm-hmm. they're terrible in Miami, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, you know, um, he obviously spoke Spanish. Yeah. You know, a lot of people in Miami speak Spanish, but people wouldn't speak Spanish to him for some reason. Weird. I know. That's they would just really be like, it, they're like discriminatory for some reason. Huh. But you know we would never do that here. He, no. he came. He went to Tim Hortons, mm-hmm. and he was trying to talk to somebody, and they were just taking their time with him. Yeah. And maybe they even found somebody who speaks Spanish to make it easier. Mm-hmm. That's kind of who we are, right? Yeah, I think we're a very friendly and open country, and that's what I really yeah. I think, especially the openness and the the freedom and just like being really accepting of people. That's right. You know, like we're that's what I I love about this country so much. Well, I think that's a good note to end on. Yeah. Thanks so much for doing this. This is great. And I really enjoyed the questions from the internet. Uh, So people need to find you on the interwebs. Uh, Yeah, you can find me at jessicamorehouse.com. That's where my blog is. Uh, I have my podcast episodes on there as well. My podcast is called The Mo Money Podcast. You can find it on iTunes. Mo Money, Mo Mo Problems. Mo Money, Mo Problems. Well, it's because my original name for my blog was Mo Money, Mo Houses. Yes. And then I think even early episodes of my podcast, I still call it The Mo Money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mo Money, Mo Houses. When I loaded them in, the old picture came. Oh, I have too. to change that. I'm gonna have no, to change I, that. but it's funny because the the original picture is there until you mm-hmm. download it, and then the new picture shows oh, up. Oh, So the old one uh, oh. pops up, and I'm like, oh, 
Interesting. No. Okay, so the Mo Money, and you can, yeah. I mean, you, you just get any podcast thing and search for Jessica exactly. or Mo Money um, podcast. And I'm starting to do some more vlogs or videos or whatever we call yeah, them. Yeah, the YouTube. Uh, I did my first, like, video, and I, I messaged my younger sister, who's way more in tune with YouTube. I'm like, I did my first vlog, and she's like, that's not what a vlog is. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is a vlog? I don't know. <laughs> I thought, I still don't we'll like, never know. I thought know. it was a video blog. I don't know. I don't know what a vlog I'm is. I'm still trying to figure more out. i video, so. Figure out what fetch is. It's so fetch. Never gonna be a thing. Um, I, I still say awesome, and that I know that that's not a word that kids uh, use. People, don't they? But people say that are. I say awesome. A yeah, lot. I know, but seventeen-year-olds do not say what awesome. What do they say? They, do they say, still say cool. They say, no, I don't think so. Oh. They say words that we don't even understand. Dang like it. it's like a bunch of abbreviations of things, and uh, yeah. every once in a while, I try to talk to my cousins and figure mm-hmm. things out, but. So you got the vlog. I do have the vlog. vlog yeah, but so not I have a, a, a YouTube channel. I think it's just like YouTube slash C slash Jessica Morehouse one, I believe. Yeah, the the YouTube I, uh, channel easy, addresses are terrible. Yeah, it's just terrible. go and search for Jessica Morehouse. Yeah. You'll, you'll find. And if you want to learn more about money personalities like we talked earlier, just go to JessicaMorehouse.com slash quiz. You got the and quiz. And you can take my quiz for free. It That's takes right. like one minute. And you have Find a whole bunch of other tools. I do. I have a whole resource library of things. Just checklists. put your email in. Well, yeah. So right? just go to jessicamoros.com slash resources. And uh, yeah, you give me your email because I need it to email you things. And uh, you get access to my whole resource library. So easy So you peasy. got that. And then you know, go to the media page to see a whole bunch of yeah, uh, things in the Huffington Post or whatever. Yeah. Some of them are quotes. Some of them are full articles. Some of them are you know, just... Uh, there's an internet full of Jessica Morehouse out there. Apparently. Yeah. I'm not the only one Googling me. Oh, and, and, <laughs> and go and uh, listen to the, the, yes. the podcast that I was on. Yes. Uh, where I tell my story. That which was such I, a great episode. I probably will do in a, in a monologue at some point or a mm-hmm. series of them because yeah. it's, a, it's a long story. It is a long story. You should absolutely do a monologue. I will. But for now, uh, it's on Jessica's uh, episode 85, May- if I'm not I think mistaken. You're right. It's because I look at it a oh, lot. Oh, <laughs> It's it's like, You're like is it still there? Well, it's on. I think it's on my <laughs> website because it was the only podcast that I had Yet. until this podcast. Yes. yes. Okay. Well, well, so go find Jessica. Jessica, thanks so much thanks for, for being on me. mine. Even though you're a podcast superstar, you come to this oh, new podcast over here, and uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks. You're welcome.